Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Last week, I attended a small private presentation hosted by my good friend Tom Wilson at Baycom. This is a monthly meeting held in Silicon Valley. The guest speaker was Dr. Doug Duncan, chief economist for Fannie Mae, and Doug's been a past guest on this show before. Doug leads a large team of nearly 200 economic analysts who've consistently won awards for having the most accurate economic predictions anywhere in the U.S. When I speak with Doug, he impresses me he's not just reciting data. He has layers upon layers of evidence to support the conclusions he draws. This one-hour talk was packed with market insights that I've not seen anywhere else, and I want to share these with you. If Dr. Duncan's observations are correct, they will serve as a guide for what's coming in 2021 and beyond. On today's show, I'm going to share a few insights from Dr. Duncan's presentation that I believe are relevant for all real estate investors. What we're dealing with in 2020 is a pandemic and not an economic variable. We simply don't have economic models that have a pandemic built in as an economic variable. The Fannie Mae forecast is based on data over the past four quarters and is making reasonable assumptions about the trajectory of the disease in the first half of 2021. There's a number of conclusions that can be drawn from the data that Dr. Duncan presented. The folks at Fannie Mae examined home ownership as a function of sector in the economy. Remember, Fannie Mae's mortgage insurer, they're not relying on a survey to get this data. They have the actual data pertaining to millions of loans that are insured by Fannie Mae. They're not guessing, and they're not conducting a random small sample poll. They have the actual data from their client base. Extending this to the remainder of the nation is statistically significant and extremely accurate. What they found is the highest percentage of renters are in the food and beverage, retail, and hospitality sectors of the economy. These are the very sectors that have been the most impacted by the pandemic, and therefore they conclude that the impact to homeowners has been proportionately much less. The folks at Fannie Mae looked at the loans that are in forbearance. Those forbearance agreements are when a borrower goes to their lender and says, I need to suspend maybe the principal portion of the payment, I'm going to pay interest only, or I'm going to suspend payments for three months, some form of agreement in order to stave off foreclosure. Again, the lenders are in direct communication with their customers, and fully 25% who took the option of a forbearance agreement did so out of an abundance of caution. They didn't experience a job loss nor a reduction in income. They took the forbearance just in case. Another 25% who took the forbearance option did experience a partial loss of income, maybe a loss of hours, but they still had sufficient cash flow to make their mortgage payments, and for the most part they did. Strictly speaking, they didn't need the forbearance agreement. When those forbearance agreements expired, those homeowners were in fact able to resume mortgage payments and have not gone into default. Based on this, we can conclude that the state of financial distress for homeowners is about half of what the total numbers would suggest. That's a good sign. Over the past several months, you've heard me reporting there are huge numbers of distressed properties rivaling what we saw in the post-2008 downturn. The moratorium on evictions and the moratorium on foreclosures has held the market in a state of suspended animation. So let's see what's going to happen to the remaining 50% of the homes that are in distress. Dr. Duncan believes that loan modification agreements will be signed with borrowers that the banks believe are good credit risks. If a borrower is, say, six months behind on their payments, the lender might extend the loan by a year, adding the outstanding payments to the loan, spread over the remainder of the loan, and bring the loan into good standing those properties will not go into foreclosure. That leaves a much smaller number that will actually go into foreclosure. Dr. Duncan also shared 
that several large institutional players who are sitting on large sums of cash are prepared to step in and purchase portfolios of distressed properties in bulk. Therefore, the impact to the lenders can be reduced with a few large transactions rather than waves of auctions on the courthouse steps that were daily occurrences in 2009 and beyond. On that basis, I'm going back on what I've previously reported. Will there be distress in the coming months? Yes, there will. But I believe that distress is going to be confined to specific sectors of commercial real estate. Specifically, I'm referring to retail, office, and hospitality. I'm concluding we're not going to see a repeat of 2008 with millions of homes appearing on the market at deep discounts. The mainstream media are not reporting this information. I'm guessing it doesn't make for a great headline. Nobody's going to jump at a news story that says, breaking news, you're going to be okay. But as professional real estate investors, understanding what's going on in the market at a deep level is very important. There are still local situations you need to pay attention to. We see large price declines and huge vacancy in some of the most expensive rental markets, like New York, San Francisco, Seattle, and Miami. There will be waves of distress in those markets, but they were oversupplied going into the pandemic. Over the coming days, I'll be sharing more of Dr. Duncan's analysis on various sectors of the market. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.